This is the How Did You Get Into That Podcast with Grant Baldwin, Episode 7. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant Baldwin, and I'm uh, honored that you are hanging out with us today. We are at episode seven of this podcast. We've got one week under our belts and got a few episodes out there. Really getting some great feedback and reviews from people, and I, I appreciate that all the feedback and support. What we've run in a contest right now. Make sure you check out. Go to grantbaldwin.com slash contest, and we'll tell you about how you can win an iPad, 100 bucks on Amazon, a couple free cool prizes there you might want to check out. But today, we've got a cool interview with my friend. Greg Hickman. And uh, Greg runs a a couple different sites. He's got greghickman.me, where he's got a blog and a a podcast called Leaving Corporate, where he talks with people about making a a transition uh, out of their corporate job into doing something that they want to really do, just kind of pursuing that dream in life. So I actually, uh, I was interviewed for the show recently, so make sure that you, you check that out. You can actually go to grantbaldwin.com slash Greg, and that'll link up to that episode, so make sure that you uh, you check that out. And check out the, his podcast. It's a really, it's a really really cool podcast, sharing some cool stories as well with people. And then also, he runs a site called mobilemix.com, where he's basically teaching companies and organizations about the importance of paying attention to their mobile strategy. You know, most times we create a website, we create something online, and we don't think about that so many people actually view this through their, their phone or their tablet tablet or some type of smart device more times often uh, oftentimes more so than on their laptop or on their desktop or on their computer even right now, maybe you're, you're probably listening to this on a mobile device. Uh, and so helping people think through how does does what you do online, how does that translate to a smaller device, a smaller screen? So Greg helps people do that, helps companies do that with his site, mobilemix.com. Now, today's story with Greg, really, really cool. I think, you know, especially that thing as it relates to mobile, one thing that I, I kind of pulled from this interview that I, I really learned something from was just the value of finding a niche and then just sticking with it for an extended period of time, becoming a go-to person in that space. That's exactly what Greg has done with mobile. He's become that guy. That's re- if you've got a question about mobile, Greg's the guy. That's who you go to. And so he's really done a good job at positioning himself in that way. What is that for you? What is that skill set? What is that talent? What is that ability? What is the thing that people come to you for that they're looking for advice or wisdom or, or counsel or direction? What is that thing for you that uh, you could kind of become known as the go-to person in a a space or a niche for something? Uh, And then also, Greg tells a lot about the different types of environments he worked in to really kind of figure out what it is, where it was he wanted to be. So... He knew he wanted to do something with mobile, but he wasn't sure, you know, is that with a big corporation? Is that with a small agency? Is that working with a few friends? Is that part of a startup? Is that doing his own thing as a solopreneur? A lot of different options and scenarios. So Greg actually explored all of those different options and scenarios and kind of shares what he learned along the way. And I think that's a a good lesson for all of us. Maybe you kind of have a good idea of what your niche is, what that thing is that you want to be known for, but how that translates into a career or the type of work environment that you want to be in where you are it best suits you and what you want to do. Maybe you're not entirely clear on that. Maybe you're not entirely sure. So, so Greg really walks through what that process was for him to figure out. So make sure that you pay close attention to that. And then the last thing I want to share with you is just the the value of relationships and how Greg has has really networked and really busted his butt to connect with people and how networking with others has really changed his business dramatically. So I think you're really going to like today's interview. I think you, you're going to learn a lot. I know I did. As always, make sure you check out grantbaldwin.com slash Greg Hickman. You can find all of the show notes there, all the links, anything that we discussed. 
us uh, is going to be found available there. And then also make sure that you stick around at the end of the podcast. I'll tell you a little bit more about the uh, this contest that we're running, how you can win some of these free prizes. All right. So without any more delay, here is my interview with my friend, Greg Hickman. All right, today I'm hanging out with my friend Greg Hickman. Greg, how you doing, man? I am great, Grant. Thanks for having me. You bet, buddy. All right, so you do, you've got a couple different irons in the fire, a few different things where it seems like it um, makes up your business. You've got this new, just insanely good podcast that you've been working on that I want to talk about. And I know that you also have Mobile Mixed, this really cool site. So give us just kind of an overview and just a, a snapshot of what is your business, what, what makes up everything today? Yeah, so I have essentially two blogs and two podcasts. The first is called mobilemixed.com. And that's, uh, again, a blog and a podcast talking about mobile marketing for small businesses, smartphone apps, text message marketing, mobile optimized email, mobile websites. How do you create a good experience for your audience and customers that are on their mobile phone? So that's kind of how I got started in this whole game. You know, the podcast this week was the 107th episode, I believe. So there's a lot of content there for the last couple of years. And, you know, that's the, the site and blog that has helped me gain a lot of speaking gigs, consulting clients. Um, it's where I started my first membership site, wrote an ebook, you know, started generating affiliate revenue all through that. And, you know, through that and in the podcast and speaking, a lot of people started following my story just because of it was relevant to their story. They just didn't really care necessarily about doing it in mobile. They wanted to do it in their own niche. And as I was planning on leaving my job, I decided to start my own personal site, which is greghickman.me, kind of capturing this journey, you know, sharing the things that I'm learning along the way. And through that, I kind of started this other podcast just recently, the last three or so weeks called Leaving Corporate, which interviews other entrepreneurs that were able to make this transition and really dive deep into how they made the transition. Because those were questions that I had, like how much money did you have in savings? How many clients did you have? You know, what did you do to make that transition as, as seamless as possible? Because um, I know I had my own unique story, as did you, and because as you were a guest on the show or will be an upcoming guest on the show. So I'm doing that right now. And through that site, I've been doing a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one business coaching. So the core revenue comes from business coaching uh, is probably the largest. Then I have a membership site that I just launched uh, that's in kind of a beta mode called the Mobile Marketing and Business Academy. That would be the second. It's actually probably tied with some of my own mobile marketing business. I offer mobile marketing services to small companies. So that and the, the membership site are probably the second in line for revenue. And then it's like little things like the ebook sales and affiliate, right. what have you. Right. Nice. Like in terms of the mobile stuff, is that something that you've always been interested in or, or always appealed to you? Or how did you kind of stumble into that world? Yeah. So my first job out of college was at a, a very large marketing agency that represented Pepsi. And you know, that we weren't really doing mobile there. That kind of was my first, you know, jump into marketing, like all different types of marketing. And I really, really liked my boss. And my boss left to go to a smaller company across town that was doing like mobile promotions. And, you know, it was like a seven person company, maybe even like five at the time. And she kept telling me about they're, they're doing all this cool stuff with professional sports teams, like in the mobile space. And, you know, it's, it's really kind of cutting edge. And this was in 2000, late 2005. And she basically just kept persuading me to go. And eventually I went to go back and work with her just because I liked working with her a lot. And 
yeah, so I went to a small agency and we, we did text message marketing primarily. We did some mobile websites then, but this was before the iPhone. So this was, they were called WAP sites back then, wireless application protocol. <laughs> Someone's geeking and, out right now listening to this. Yeah, and you know, we would do like build mobile loyalty lists for the New York Jets, the Florida Marlins, Carolina Panthers. We did some mobile couponing and mobile ticketing like really early on with the, the New York Knicks and the Chicago Bulls. So we got to do some really cool things. And, you know, you know, I was like, this is really sweet. Like, it's crazy how many people are engaging even just through text messaging. And you know, I was there for a couple of years. And in 2007, the iPhone came out and that just like changed the game. I was like, this is where I need to be moving forward because this is this is where everything's going. Yeah. Um, so I just happened to get in early through this relationship with a previous boss and, you know, then stuck with it. Nice. Let's backtrack even further now. So you, yeah. uh, so growing up, you grew up in uh, Jersey Shore. No, Jersey, Northern Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> You're very quick to correct on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so grew up there in uh, Northern Jersey. Uh, growing yeah. up as a kid, like, what was it that you wanted to do with life? Do you have any uh, like dreams, goals, aspirations? Just kind of the usual stuff, or what kind of things were intriguing? It's funny. I was a uh, I was a big lacrosse player growing up. You know, middle school and high school, and you know, I was planning on going to college for lacrosse. And you know, I mean, there really wasn't a professional or major league lacrosse at, at that time. It was kind of just getting started and they still don't make a lot of money. So I wasn't like ever thinking that I was going to play major league lacrosse, but I was a really avid mountain biker. And through that and the relationship with the, the owners of the local bike shop, I did always kind of have this little vision of one day I want to own a bike shop. But that was like from all the other entrepreneurs that I've met that were like, oh, I'm like selling baseball cards and doing all that stuff. Like that right. wasn't me. Like I wasn't doing anything entrepreneurial outside of I'd like maybe I'd like to own a bike shop one day. Right, right. That was really the extent of it. I didn't know like I mean I knew I liked oh in high school I didn't even really know like that I liked marketing really. Like I I knew I didn't like other things. And you know, I wasn't even like the greatest high school student. My mom was like a little concerned with like me going to college because I was like I was sort of like a B student, maybe like sometimes C plus. Get that plus in there. Yeah, seriously. And, you know, once I got to college, I got to choose the courses is when like I actually started doing well. Like I get to pick, oh, I get to pick what I get to go to class right, for. Right, like, right. That's when things started going well for me. So yeah, I didn't really have a vision though outside of like what I would, like. I didn't want to be like a fireman or anything. Right. <laughs> like, none of that. I can't really recall any of that stuff. But it sounds like even, you know, growing up, middle school, high school, all that stuff, it sounds like, you know, just the, the entrepreneurial bug hadn't quite bit you yet and you didn't even, it wasn't really on your radar as an option. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So you head off to college. What are you studying in school? So I went to a really small liberal arts school in upstate New York called Skidmore. It's like 45 minutes north of Albany. Sounds like a band's name. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think the, the total size of the school, like undergrad students was like maybe 2,500. Wow. So it was a liberal arts school. So I majored in management and business. But like you couldn't really focus like I couldn't like major in marketing, for example, like some people can. So it was management and business. But I definitely had a f- like once I got to start choosing outside of the, the required classes, I was choosing more marketing based classes. But I also was a minor in, ec- in economics just because it was easy from like b- trying to be a business major. But I almost I almost decided to double major and I was going to double major in Sorry, double minor in econ and philosophy. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> uh, I really, really enjoyed my philosophy classes. 
and I took a handful of them. Um, so I definitely took some other little things. Like I, I'm a little, like tiny bit artsy, like took some art classes, like photography and all that stuff, like for fun. But yeah, I majored in management and business. So even when you're taking the philosophy stuff, you're intrigued by the artsy stuff. Is that something that you saw as a possible path or is that like more as eh, it's kind of fun? I'll play with it on the side. Yeah, it was more fun play with it on the side. Nice. So you're, you're doing the, mostly the business classes. So you're, you're kind of heading down that path. What was it about the marketing stuff that appealed to you that was like, man, I'm, I feel like I'm starting to find something that I really click with and gel with? A lot of it was around like the design, actually. I'm not a designer. I have a good eye for it. I have some basic design skills, but you know, I'm not like a graphic designer or web designer or anything like that. But that whole part of it really just intrigued me. And I liked being around those creative minds, which is why I think I really liked that first agency I went to because there was a lot of really talented designers and being able to help be a part of those projects was, uh, was really, really fun. So I think it's sort of the creativity of, of the design, the copy, how do you convey this message to get people to take action was always interesting to me. So coming out of college, are you, is the kind of the trajectory that you're on just planning on going to an ad agency and kind of going down that, that path? That was the plan. Yeah. You know, I graduated in May, but you know, this was in, I graduated college in 2004. So the job market was not good at this point. Like people weren't really hiring. And I mean, I didn't get a job until October of 2004. So the whole summer I was like, I was interviewing, like I was interviewing everywhere and anywhere, like not just agencies. I had an interview at, at Goldman Sachs in New York through like a family relationship. And I was like, this would be miserable. <laughs> um, so I helped identify things that I didn't want to do. But yeah. So you're going from, from May to October there, just looking for anything at this point. What's going through your mind, you know, halfway through this or partway through this process going is, did I pick the wrong path or am I confident I just got to find it or, or what do you yeah, think? No, I mean, I just kind of, I, I think I just sort of, you know, bought into the, the speak that everyone was saying of, you know, the job market's tough right now. The job market's tough right now. I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Like, not many people are hiring. I'm just going to keep looking. I'm just going to keep looking. I was living at home with my parents during this time. So it's not like I was like trying to pay rent anywhere or anything like that. So I, you know, I didn't have, I mean, my parents were like, what's going on? Like, are you going to find something? And I was like, I have no, no idea. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Lay um, off me, mom. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was like, I would, I would take train rides into New York City because I was only like a 30 minute train ride in New York City. You know, I was like, am I going to be this person that's like on this train every day commuting back and forth from New Jersey to New York, which, you know, a lot of people do. Uh, but I had no idea. I, I mean, I was just, I was literally, I was looking at, I had a little bit of an IT background, sort of, like just because I liked computers, but like there was IT jobs I was looking at, like intro, like entry level IT stuff marketing agencies. And then a guy who, uh, through a relationship that I had and built in college, he was working at this agency in, in Southern Connecticut, you know, right outside the city again. And he was a graphic designer and I was, you know, really pumped that, you know, he had these relationships there and he brought me in. I started interviewing there in June and didn't get the job until October. Sheesh. It's a long time to, uh, just sit and wait. Well, I mean, I was interviewing with other people, right? But, right. I mean, they, you know, they didn't just, they just didn't have roles. Right. Right. And like you said, it sounded like uh, part of it was just the economy of just trying to finalize that and get that all nailed down of what that looked like for you probably going, going forward. So did you ever feel like during that time where you know, you're know you someone that said, okay, I'm kind of interested in marketing, kind of interested in business, I'm kind of interested in uh, entrepreneurship, kind of interested in even lacrosse and IT and design. I've got a, like several different skills. Did you ever feel like I could go in a lot of different directions, but I'm, I'm, I'm having a difficult time honing in on what that direction is? Or did you always just feel like, no, nah, I just got to find the right ad agency? 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was kind of looking at like these like random IT jobs. I just think the ones that all the ones that excited me were in and around like agencies and stuff where you know that creativity was happening. So yeah, I don't know. I, I never really stressed out. Like at that time, it was just like you know you're you're just told that there are these constraints, which is the economy, and <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's that's why this has been so hard to find something. I just have to keep looking. Right. Um, you know, I didn't really. I don't really recall like thinking thinking twice about it i just kept kept looking kind of is what it is so yeah. you land this job in, in october now is this the the company you start doing some mobile stuff with no this was the first agency that represented pepsi so this is kind of okay. like my this was my like my introduction to like what the heck marketing really is um, i mean this agency did tv radio print in-store like packaging it was very promotional based so we got to work with all the you know, Pepsi owned brands like Gatorade and all that stuff. It was really, really cool. So I got to see the kind of the whole 360 degree, you know, view of marketing. Yeah. So you, you get your first like real taste of it. Sounds like it's, it's immediately clicking. It's digging. Was there any parts of it you're like, eh, I don't know if this is for me or not. Or did you just, did it feel like an immediate fit? Uh, it felt like an immediate fit. I mean, it was my first job. It was all young people. The the people were awesome. I mean, we worked our butts off. Um, we also partied our butts off. Right. <laughs> um, you know, everyone would go out together. It was like a real family. Nice. So the immediate connection there of just feeling like, man, I found it. This is this is the place. So it's at that point where you start kind of dipping your toe into the the mobile side of it. And then so so your boss at the time, this gal leaves, and you you go with her to a new company. Yeah. Yeah, okay. she she was gone for maybe two or three months before, maybe three or four months before I, like she yanked me and I was like, okay, I'm coming. Yeah. So where's that? Where's that opportunity to take you? That was still in Connecticut. It was just in the next town over, and it was you know went from a 250 person large agency to seven people in a gutted house that was like a cool office space with a fireplace and you know very small team but had some really good clients doing, you know, this mobile stuff for these sports teams and AT&T. So, it was uh it was cool. I mean, I love the I, I that's when I was like I really want to work for a small company. You know, I don't want to be part of this big not that it was like that bad. I mean, there were definitely some pol- you know, I was getting introduced to some politics and stuff like that, but the the small atmosphere working with a close-knit team like family style, like that was that's when I was like, okay, I'm interested in small business, maybe owning my business. And you know, that's kind of where I think that whole entrepreneurial route <laughs> Interesting. kind of yeah. came, started coming to be. Right. It starts to come on your radar. And I think you, know, you kind of alluded to it a couple times here where you're kind of honing in on what you do want, but also you're finding out what you don't want. You know, Going to Goldman mm. Sachs and realize, oh, this sucks. I don't want to be this guy. Sitting on the train for 30 minutes a day, yeah, I don't want to be this guy. The politics, yeah, I don't want to be in that environment. And just like sometimes coming out of college or just trying to find that first gig or figure out what we're here to do, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I know a bunch of things that I don't like. And not even necessarily like the work, even like you're saying, it could be in any type of environment. I just know right. if I'm going to be in whatever environment, I know I don't want to be in this big corporation. I know I don't want to sit on a train for an hour round trip each day. So I'm just identifying a few of these things to just kind of help me further hone in. What's that thing that I want to do that really clicks and gels with me? Not just the work itself, but even the environment that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I guess I like, I didn't know that I needed to be looking for those things either though. It was just sort of like, right. Oh yeah, I like this. I don't like this. 
yeah, it seems like how, it's, how do I get more of this? Yeah, it's never like a. Con- I don't know that it's ever like we're aware of it at the time. I mean, looking back, yeah. you're like, oh, I see. I didn't like that. Didn't like that, and that led to this. And I like this, uh, and it didn't have those things. But yeah, <laughs> at the time, I don't know that any of us are really that self aware to recognize. Like, I know what I'm not looking for, therefore, I can hone in a little more on what I what I am trying to find. Right. So you're doing the mobile thing. That's really clicking. That's gelling. Obviously, like you said, it, the iPhone comes out. That's a game changer, like big time. Like I think we all remember that moment where like you first saw it and you're moving your finger on the screen. You're like, holy crap, this is amazing. You know, and just kind of that that first experience. Like I, I still vividly remember my my brother and I. We were looking working at a restaurant, and uh, he comes in. He he got it like right away and comes in, and I'm fiddling with. It. I was like, this thing is insanely cool. You know, now I, I don't know that I ever had probably the vision that you did of like this, like this changes marketing forever. Was that kind of the, the sense for you whenever you first experienced the iPhone was like, I see, I see the next, you know, f- the, the future and how this, this is such a game changer and everything. And this is what I want to be a part of. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I was really digging the mobile stuff and I was like, I don't know how this is going to be get bigger than it is right now. And then the iPhone came out and I was like, all right, well, that's how it's going to get bigger. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and, you know, like we, I mean, having AT&T as a client, you know, I remember when the iPhone came out, it was exclusive AT&T for, I think, two years. And so we had sort of like inside knowledge of that it was coming, what it was going to be, you know, and AT&T, like, you know, obviously had been testing a lot of their software and stuff like that for, for the launch. So, you know, we had a really good idea of like how much of an impact this thing was going to have. And I think just kind of being in that atmosphere, I was like, this is going to be awesome. Like, I want to be a part of this. Right. Just got to feel like just one of those right place, right time type vibes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So iPhone comes out, you realize this is the thing that I want to be on. How long then, if we fast forward a bit, how long are you in the mobile world before you start looking elsewhere or it sounds like, I mean, I guess you're still kind of in that world, but yeah, it's just so kind of was, evolving and changing what that yeah, looks like. So I was in there for, I was at that company for like two and a half years. Um, then a friend of mine was starting another company. It was like online lead generation. And this is like when I'm like really getting into like startups and stuff like that. And he was like, Hey, I want you to come on board as like the head of business development. And then once we kind of get established, grow out the mobile division. And I was like, that's a really cool opportunity. And, you know, to be the third person in this company, you know, I knew that I really liked the small atmosphere. And there was uh, one of my other friends was was the second person in this company. So took that opportunity and, you know, just to really immerse myself and get as close to being the owner as really possible. I mean, I was the third person, you know, I had equity, all that stuff. Um, which is not what I had at this other agency. And yeah, so I left and I was there for two years. That's what actually brought me out to Denver. We moved the whole company from Connecticut to Denver. Our developer was out here and we wanted to like really grow the company. And we were dabbling, we were dabbling in mobile and I was dabbling in mobile on the side, like helping some kind of clients like from a strategy perspective. And, you know, it just didn't get to the point where it was enough mobile and that became a problem for me. And, you know, that was one of the main reasons why I left that company. And that's when I, that's when I started my first mobile consulting company. So when you're leaving that gig, I mean, you're working with a couple of buddies and you've got equity and you've got kind of a, you know, a stake in the outcome there. Yeah. Uh, at what point are you thinking, this is a lot closer to what I want to do and what the environment looks like that I want to be a part of, but it's still not quite there. Is that kind of what you're feeling? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, 
I, I knew that it was, you know, I nailed the the small business entrepreneurial part of it, you know, the startup. Right. But it wasn't in the mobile. Like it, we weren't getting to do enough mobile and I and I was doing that on the side. So that's when like things started, you know, I wasn't becoming as efficient as I was at this company because I realized that, you know, the owner didn't really want this to become a, a big part of the company anymore. We were, you know, still growing. So it was all just like, no, you got to keep doing this biz dev thing. And, you know, that wasn't really working for me. You can only, you can only put up with that so long before you're like, yeah, yeah. Ah, I don't know if this is, a, this is right for me. So you leave, you start your own deal. What's that like? What's going through your head? Did you, did you just kind of have this plan in place of like, no, I think I could just do this on my own? Or were you thinking maybe I'll go back and find another company that I can do mobile stuff with? Or what, where's your head at, that, at that point? Yeah, so I went back and grabbed my colleague from the small mobile shop and we started this consulting company on the side working with someone because he had left too. Um, he left that mobile shop as well and he went to ESPN. He was doing a lot of mobile stuff for ESPN, which was cool. But all of the old clients at that company were like, well, we, you guys are the two guys managing all the mobile stuff, so we want to work with you. So we were doing some strategy for some of our old clients and we're like, all right, well, maybe we can grow this thing. I didn't have, this was all I was doing at the time you know, while I was still like looking for other opportunities, but he had this full-time job. So it was growing really, really slowly. We weren't, it wasn't making us enough money that like it was supporting me 100%. And then we decided to turn it into a, a text message marketing software company because we had used a lot of those in our, in our day and wanted to, well, thought we could make our, a better one. And we kind of pursued that tried to target every single type of small business we could find. We had no focus, learned, right. the, har- learned the hard way that you need to have some sort of you know, targeted customer niche. And I ended up going to pitch this one local media company here in Denver on what we were doing. And they were ready to hire, some- like they were looking to hire someone in the mobile space. And you know, it got to the point where they like, well, we want you, we don't want the agency. You know, what are you going to do? And, you know, I talked with my, my partner at the time and decided that I should take it for, you know, well, then we'll keep building this thing on the side. And I did that. And I was there for three and a half years at this media company doing the mobile stuff. I was building out mobile products, you know, mobile platforms, strategy. I was the only mobile person there for three and a half years. And, you know, that was a good experience, too. But I was you know, always trying to build this, this company on the side. And it just... It wasn't really going anywhere. You know, a lot of frustrations, not enough time to even go into. But I realized that having we had, I had two partners at that point, and we were all equal partners. And I realized that I cannot be equal partners in the side business right now because that's what was preventing us from moving forward. Like every decision, you know, you needed the two other people to be on the same page. It took a while to convince everyone to be on the same page. You know, there was no way to really be nimble. And, you know, it was three people like we should be nimble. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't really feel like I had the the control to like really take this company where it could have gone as fast as we wanted to. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to be like independent somehow. Um, So we actually decided to shut it down after a lot of talk and, you know, conversation around that. And that's when Mobile Mixed started in June of 2012 or so because I wanted to be the guy. And I didn't really know what the heck I wanted to do. I know I wanted to be in mobile, but I, like from this point on, like I taught everything about mobile to myself through trial and trial and error. You know, reading up on it, 
having these clients and you know, I didn't really feel like I had a mentor. Like I didn't know where I could take this thing. Mobile is still new. So I started this interview show where I interviewed people that I thought were doing really cool and amazing things in mobile so that I can build relationships with them. And maybe that would turn into a consulting job. Like it was purely selfish reasons. Like it wasn't like I'm going to build an audience and I'm going to monetize it. Like I didn't even get that at that point. Like I was following some online blogs and stuff and I saw people doing interviews and shows and that's, I was like, maybe I can just get free consulting and build relationships with these people, show them that I know what I'm talking about and maybe I'll get a job somehow out of it. Do you regret any of that? I mean, did that open up any of those doors? Uh, yeah, it's opened up so many doors. It's been the greatest, the single-handedly the best thing that I've ever done. And I didn't know what it was going to, what doors it was going to open. I just thought that maybe it would open some. And I mean, like, that's when I started building an audience. I was like, oh, people are actually paying attention to this. Hmm, what do I do now? Then I kind of came across people like Pat Flynn, you know, who are building businesses online. I'm like, oh, maybe I could do that. Like, maybe I could p- build a business behind this. Um, so I started you know, following all of those online internet marketers. You know, to really understand like, well, how do I monetize this? How do I turn this into a business? And that's for about six months trying to just like learn while I was building, you know, all the making all these interviews and built a relationship with Pat. And Pat was like, come to New Media Expo in January of 2013. And I went to Jan- I went to that in January of 2013. And that was like a game changer for me, like to meet all these other like minded people that were doing similar things that were seeing success, some just getting started, like I, it really helped paint a picture of what is possible. And, you know, from there, I kept in touch with all those people. You know, and that's when I started getting featured on other podcasts because no one else was talking about mobile. So they wanted to share me with their audience. Right. So that's when my audience started growing. So, yeah, and it just kept, you know, slowly, slow and steady, you know, over, like, continuing to grow and grow and grow. And right. I'll, I'll try this, you know, I'll try that. That didn't work. Okay, well, I'm going to try this. And it seems like, you know, it seems like a theme in your story is, you know, for those first eight, 10 years or so, you know what you want to do, you know what you're into and what you're good at. You're into the mobile marketing, you're into that space and that's a growing market, you know, a huge potential with that industry. So it's just, again, trying to hone in on what does that look like being a part of a big corporation or a part of an agency or part of a small corporation or a startup or working with a couple of buddies as a small agency or independent of, I know what I want to do. I'm just trying to figure out what the best feel is that makes sense for me. And it sounds like even, you know, you you tried a bunch of different things and each of them worked in their given time, but maybe the more you, you did it, the more you honed in on I want to try it this way now. And we did the big corporation. Now let's try it with a couple of buddies. Now let's try it as a tech startup. Now let's try it just on my own and just mm-hmm. trying to continually like narrow that down. So I think there's real value in that of knowing, here's what I'm good at. How that translates into a career could happen in a lot of different ways. And so whatever that niche is, whatever that thing is that, that maybe someone's listening to, that they're going, I'm really, I'm really into this. I'm good at this. And I could see it playing out in a lot of different ways. Well, maybe you got to try several of those different ways before you really nail down this is the way that makes sense. This is the way that feels right for me, given my interest and, and abilities and talents and just how I work and operate. Yeah. And you know, it's like I just kept going. I feel like I you know, I didn't know exactly what was next, like but like you said, but I did just keep going. Yeah. And that was that was I think and I'm still I still do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so th- I think that's kind of a key to it is like you just can't stop. Like if one thing doesn't work, well, understand why it didn't work and then try something else. 
Right. You know, I think another th- cool theme in your story is, uh, especially in the, those past few years where you really started making some solid connections with people that really did a couple things, like just started opening some doors for you, started building some some relationships and networks. But also, it's it, part of the value of like, a part of why we're trying to do a show like this is whenever people can, they don't necessarily know what they want to do, but when they can see someone doing it, like, ah, okay, that's it. That's what I want to do. I don't know how to articulate it or define it. And so it sounds like even for someone like you of going, I know I want to do something with mobile. I'd like to do it on my own. I'm not really sure how to monetize that or how that plays out. But then you come across someone like a Pat or some other people in that space and you're like, ah, that's it. I get it. That clicks, that resonates. And so rather than trying to recreate the wheel or just reinvent this whole thing that already exists, being able to just connect with some of those people. And that's a theme I've heard so many times with, with interviews on like this and talking with people who are saying, I just, I saw this person, I connected with this person. They kind of helped create a path for me or showed me this is what I did early on. And this is how I got to where I am today. And just being able to follow that and build those relationships and maintain those relationships. And that, that seems to be something that not only you really dove into, but something that has been, you know, like just game changing and pivotal in your own success today. Yeah, it's funny. And actually, I, I definitely thank you for calling this out because I definitely sort of glossed over this. And it's funny, I was getting interviewed yesterday for another podcast and they, they asked me about like what my superpower was if I had one, which I don't think I have one. But one yeah. thing I definitely, I had a, a realization yesterday that I have a really good knack for connecting with influential people, people that I want to be around and build relationships with. The real, and the realization, I kind of knew that, but the realization was that I haven't been doing that as much as I was a year and a half ago, like when I built those relationships. Like I've stayed very close with the people that I've built those initial relationships with, but I sort of stopped and I was kind of listening to this other interview, this entrepreneur that I follow, um, Noah Kagan from AppSumo, yep. one of like the people that I follow, go-to people. And he made this comment. He's like, you know, he was talking to some other entrepreneurs like, well, what'd you do to get here? And I was started asking myself that. And I was like, you know, I networked with Pat. I got these relationships. Then, you know, I was able to get from Pat to, you know, Jeremy and Jason, then John Lee Dumas, then Amy Porterfield. And like, I was like, I was able to connect all these relationships and build these relationships with all these people. And then he's like, well, so why aren't you like, why, why do you feel like you're stuck? And it's like, I actually just stopped doing that. Like, I just like, I've held on to those relationships and kept growing them. But I'm not like, I haven't been really going out and trying to continue to do that. And I, I need to continue to do that. So that was kind of my realization yesterday. But like, I chose those certain people that really resonated with me that like I highly respected and I did everything in my power to build relationships with them, add value to them and their audience. And, you know, a lot of them have taken me under their wing and, you know, been my mentors and advisors. And, you know, one of them is my business coach and I'm in a mastermind with two of them. You know, I got to speak alongside of them in the Philippines, like in social media marketing world and new media expo and like all these places now, like when I go there, like that's the group of people that I end up hanging out with because those are my friends. But like, I also have stopped trying to do that, which is not, I'm not, I'm going to now pick that back up. But right. for any, for anyone listening, like, if you don't really know, you know, where to go or what to do, like go out and find someone that really resonates with you. Like maybe that's me, maybe that's Grant, maybe that's Pat Flynn, whoever, doesn't matter. And then do, but only pick one of them to start and like find the one that best resonates with you and do everything in your power to build a better relationship with that person. Cause like 
that was Pat for me. I literally went to New Media Expo to meet Pat and through just focusing on Pat, not worrying about everybody else that I could have possibly met, I ended up meeting everybody else and in a way that was very, very powerful, like through Pat. So right. like all of a sudden, like now I'm associated to all these people because they're like, oh, well, Pat knows Greg, Greg knows Pat. Sweet. I need to know Greg. And like that was the same thing I was doing. I'm like, oh, all these people were friends with Pat. I got to know them because they know Pat and Pat knows them. And, you know, that's how I met all the other people, you know, so. I think if I had gone there, like, I got to get Amy Porterfield's card, I got to get Chris Ducker's card, you know, I wouldn't have had any of these relations, like the relationships that I have right now, like they would have all been so just surface level because that's, I would have just been trying to get business cards. So my advice is focus on one person, build that relationship and you'll be amazed at how many other opportunities and relationships are brought to you just through focusing on that one relationship. Well, I think the, another thing you said earlier that you've kind of you, you kind of come back to here is that it was not only just trying to build a relationship with those people, but the game changer I think you'd agree with was going to New Media Expo and meeting them in person. And yeah, I think yeah, that's absolutely. a huge, huge deal because you can email with someone for years and years and years and just kind of have this digital relationship with them, but then when you meet in person, even if it's just for two or three days at a conference, it changes everything of the the relationship and it just takes it to a whole new level. And and I guarantee that the relationship that could be built in a two or three day conference of hanging out with that person will far exceed any relationship that you've built over two or three years through email. Because it just makes such a such a huge difference of connecting with them in person. Even for myself, I know you know I, I have that kind of same mindset of who are these people that I want to connect with, what kind of events and conferences are they going to be at? And there's several conferences that I'm looking at attending, not because the, the content is relevant for me and what I'm interested in doing, but just people. because I know those people are going to be there. And I yeah. know, I know, same like you, I, I kind of have that mindset of, I know if I can get FaceTime with these people, I know I can connect with them. And I know the right events to connect with them at where it makes sense and, and I can engage with them and click with them where long-term that changes everything. So yeah, I think that's such a huge, huge theme that relationships is just such a, and not, not necessarily like in a, if I can just connect with this person that opens up all these doors and I can use them. It's part of this evil plot or scheme. No, no, no. It's like, no, I, I think this person and I would be, I think we'd be really good friends and I think we'd really click and hit it off. And I think I could help them as much as they could help me. But a, a great quote I heard the other day was going into a relationship, look for ways that you can add value before you ask for value. And mm-hmm. if it's just like, man, I just see, here's some little things I think I could help you with. And if this is helpful, great, take it, use it, whatever. And if that benefits you, cool. And if it doesn't, cool too. I'll look for other ways that I can help, you know, do whatever I can to, to support you and your business. But I think there's just, there's, there's massive truth to that for sure. Yeah. And, you know, for me, the whole add value thing is like, I know that some people listening are probably like, well, how do I go and add value to someone like, you know, that's so far ahead of me? And, you know, that's a tough question. I think it is a really tough question. It's like, how do you maybe giving them feedback on something, you know, just showing support is also value. So don't discredit just saying like, hey, this was awesome. This really impacted me. Thank you. Like that's, that's showing support. I definitely think I had a little bit of an advantage here in that I came from this background of mobile that nobody was really talking about that like that's how I got into like all of these other like I was on Internet Business Mastery because they wanted to hear about they wanted to share mobile with their audience. Then I was on Pat's show. Then I was on Amy Porterfield's show. Then I was on Social Media Examiner and like all of these other shows since then, you know, Chris Ducker. And that's like what led to people asking for me to be a speaker at these conferences. And, you know, that's just like the the 
trajectory that it took. So look at the skill sets that you have and see how maybe the knowledge you have or experience you have could be something that not only they would benefit from, but their audience would benefit from. Right. No, I think that's, I think that's so, so smart to point out. And I've tried to do the same thing with speaking is that, you know, you and I, we've spent the last several years on kind of this one niche thing. So we're taking, what is our skill set? What is our, where's our expertise lie? And the people that we want to connect with, how does our expertise better help them? So, you know, for you as a mobile guy coming in and saying, Hey, I can, I can help you better optimize your site. And here's some, here's a few little tips and tricks and little things that I noticed that maybe you could try try. Uh, right. You know, for me as a speaker saying I've been booked, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times for events, I know how to get booked as a speaker. And I know how to give a good talk. So being able to say, hey, if I can help you get booked as a speaker, or if I can help you with one of your presentations, I'm happy to help. So figuring out what is your thing where I'm an insanely good designer, I'm a great marketer, I'm good at this and just saying, hey, if I can help with this skill set that I have, that I can, you know, point out to you, then mm-hmm. great. And that's, I think that's a great way to just start to get your foot in the door to, you know, add value. So to, to begin to put a bow on this and, and wrap this up, tell us about the Leaving Corporate Podcast. What is that about? And, and what are you helping people do there? Yeah. So, I mean, our big mission is to, to inspire and help a million people leave their corporate job and work on something that they love, kind of building a business and life on their own terms. And, you know, just getting started with that. And it's really inter- an interview-based show, sort of like a before and after. Um, Monday is the before episode, Thursday is the after. And it's interviewing entrepreneurs as to how they really were able to leave. You know, what things did they put in place? You know, when did they get this entrepreneurial mindset? Sort of like we talked about earlier on this on this show. You know, and then what actions did they take? How did that affect their life? Like, how did that affect their relationship? Because I know that when I was building... Uh, mobile mixed on the side, you know, I was working late into the morning hours sometimes. And, you know, that took a toll on my health. It took a toll on my relationship with my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, like, and, you know, some of these people have wives, kids, and, you know, it affects other aspects of your life. So a lot of the show is about the business side, but it's also like, how did you manage all of the the challenges, the obstacles, the ups and downs, the uncertainty, you know, the emotional side of it too, um, with your family, like what sort of conversations were you having with your wife or your kids? So we dive into those things and really understand like, how did you make this thing happen? You know, what sacrifices did you make to pull this off? And, you know, how much money were you making when you first made this transition? Uh, how much money did you have in savings? You know, all of those topics, which are questions that I had and st- sometimes still have. So I'm going out there and, and asking people. And that's kind of what the conversations are all about with the plan of, you know, that podcast will lead into, you know, training and products and the business coaching that I offer, you know, to help people. Yeah. actually do this. And it's a and as someone who's who's listened to I think virtually all the episodes and I know we just recorded the one that I'll be with with you on in a couple of days ago that it's just a, a great practical practical show of people that are sitting in their cubicle figuring out okay I don't know what I want but I know it's not this and if I leave practically, how do I do that? Because uh, most people realistically, they just can't quit their job on Friday and Monday they wake up and they're pursuing their dream because mm-hmm. we, we got to pay bills and I have a life and I, I got to make this transition work. So that bridge period, you don't hear a lot of people talking about that. We just talk about either the before or the after, but not the in-between. So mm-hmm. I think that's such a, a critical piece. And, and just a as a listener, it's a great, great show. And I've, I've left corporate and I still enjoy it. So I would definitely highly encourage people to check it out. 
out. Phenomenal, phenomenal show. Great hearing people's stories and being inspired by them. So where can we find out more about uh, Mobile Mix? Maybe there's some some small biz people, entrepreneurs that are interested in saying, hey, I need to, I need to <laughs> better mobile optimize my own stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. How do we find out about that? How do we find out about the uh, podcast or if we want to connect with you? Where do we go? Sure. Everything mobile related is at mobilemixed.com, M-I-X-E-D. I'm on Twitter at GJ Hickman and everything about leaving corporate, how I've built this and got to where I'm at is at greghickman.me. Nice. We will link up to all of that in the show notes. And uh, Greg, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate you sharing your journey and your story and uh, just your expertise and, and mobile and what you're doing now with leaving corporate. Really, really good stuff, man. Thanks for having me, Grant. All right, buddy. Peace out. Boom. There you go. Greg Hickman coming at you. Hey, hope you enjoyed that. Hopefully you learned something. Uh, I know a lot of good information there again, and not only about finding and sticking with that niche, but then like like we talked about some of the different environments that Greg experienced to just kind of hone in. Where does he want to work? What's the best setting that makes sense for him? It may be different for you. You know, he tried the corporation, realized it wasn't for him. He tried the agency that was okay for a season, tried to working with a few friends, tried working with a startup, tried a few different scenarios before he really honed in on what made sense for him. Same thing is true for you. What is, maybe you like what you're doing, but you hate where you're at. Maybe you just need to change the scenery. Maybe you need to find a different type of environment or a different type of setting where you could do that thing. So hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you got some ideas and inspiration, some bits of knowledge from Greg and, and, and hearing his story. Hey, like I mentioned to you at the beginning of the episode, we are currently running a, a contest that is going to wrap up next week, June 13th. So if you're listening to this into the future, we're talking about June 13th, 2014. But uh, we're doing a contest. You can go to grantbaldwin.com slash contest. You can get all the details there. But uh, we're giving away a free iPad. We're giving away $100 to Amazon. We're giving away a, a consulting or coaching session with me. And it's all totally free to enter for this contest. There's just a couple simple steps that we're asking you to do. You can go to grantbaldwin.com slash contest, follow those steps, and uh, send me an email. Let me know that you did those. We will make sure that you are in the drawing and hopefully you'll win some free stuff because we're, li- we're nice like that and we like you and we, uh, we appreciate you. So, hey, thank you so much for listening. Again, you can always find all the show notes, everything that we discussed and talked about at grantbaldwin.com. Hopefully that you go back through, listen to all the episodes. Make sure you subscribe in iTunes. Make sure that you just, you soak in those knowledge biscuits that we are bringing to you. All right. Hope you're doing well. Hope you keep doing well. You're awesome. We'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.